Good morning, Delaware, and Happy New Year's Eve. Welcome to Off the Shelf, our special New Year's edition. We are very happy to have you here. Uh, we hope that you are going to tune in later today for New Year's Eve on, on our YouTube channel. But for right now, we are going to be talking about favorites, favorite things for 2021. What, what, what did we read? What did we, uh, what did we binge on? And so I am here with Nicole Fowles. Hello. Good morning. Happy New Year's <laughs> Eve. I need a little horn. Toot, toot. <laughs> we can all sound like this now because tomorrow morning we'll all sound like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It won't make a difference. My kids will still be up at 630. They will still be in my bed and they will still be like, mom, give me your phone. I need to watch YouTube. <laughs> you, you haven't discovered the joys of Benadryl yet, huh? Right. <laughs> it wears Not off. Not for you, for them. It wears off, George. Oh, okay. Mark has something ready. Yay! All right. <laughs> <laughs> and we are joined by Hannah Simpson. Good morning, Hannah. Hi, hi. Hop, hop. Happy New Year. We wanted especially to have you because you are one of the most voracious readers we know. And if anybody can give us a good overview of what was great this year in terms of literature and books, we know it's you. So, oh, welcome. gee, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Nicole, what were some of your favorites this year? Well, I, you know, first of all, my number one rule is I can't compare my Goodreads uh, year in books to Hannah's because <laughs> my 4,800 pages read uh, is about a fraction of Hannah's 30,000 pages read. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goal was 25,000. This is the first year I've ever broken that. That's always wow. my goal is 25,000 pages, but I did it. Good for Good you. Good work. Wow. My books are all over the place, partly because I judge for the Audis. Mm -hmm. um, last year, I had an interesting, I had um, an Audible original was the category that I judged. Not Audible original, but like those that were made directly for um, a listening format. They never appeared in books. So that could also be why my pages were down, because some of these didn't have pages. <laughs> some of them were just, you know, a two-hour book, a three-hour book, just only recorded. Um, one of my favorites that I will say that I talk a lot about from last year was um, The Brilliant Life of Eudora Honeyset. Ah, yes. Of course, if we remember, our dear friend Annie Lyons came and joined us for a virtual visit with the friends, and that was where I was also first introduced to the delicious Pal Bakery, um, oh goodness, now it's going to escape my mind. Where we had a, a set of tea and crumpets from, and they had scones, and they had all these delicious things, and uh, thumbprint cookies, and it was just absolutely and amazing. All I can think of is the name of their competitor, so I don't want to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Beehive, that's right. The Beehive ba Bakery in Powell. They were delicious. Yes, but Brilliant Life of a Eudora Honey Set was just a really heartwarming novel about a woman who um, was kind of done with her life. Um, she had everything packed up and ready to be finished so that, you know, if she decided that she didn't want to be a part of life anymore, there was not much for anyone else to clean up on her behalf. Um, she's researching how um, in uh, London, apparently, you're able to have assisted suicide. And um, so she's researching that. She's getting ready for it. But then she has a little nosy neighbor move in next door who's not your usual nosy neighbor, but more of like the, the seven-year-old kind. Right. Um, yeah. She's not Gladys um, from uh, Bewitched. No. no. She's Kravitz. Mrs. Yeah. Kravitz. Mrs. Kravitz, yes. <laughs> She's just a kid. Yeah, but that one was really sweet. That I was heartwarming. I really enjoyed was. that one a lot. I also, um, our book club uh, always introduces some fun titles, and uh, we had we had a dark string going in our book club for a while there. Um, all really, um, it didn't catapult. There was one, I think, right before this one, but the library at Mount Char, um, that was one that we all agreed 
would not have been something that we would say, like, I loved that book, but it's the one that our minds kept going back to. Um, This is by Scott Hawkins, and it is a dark, dark story about um, kind of a... Uh, a man who is like a god who decides that he needs to bestow his wisdom upon uh, the next generation. And so he kind of um, takes these, he comes to earth, he finds this area, he orchestrates these children um, who will each receive a piece of his knowledge. And um, then they become all-knowing in certain areas of his of his tome, of his books. Um, and then it's uh, their their quest to kind of, um, I don't know, see where the future goes. It's so hard to describe. It's not for children at all. <laughs> it's really dark and really creepy. And, oh, there are just some some images in that book that will never leave me. Um, but it's one of those ones that I'm like, yeah, where did somebody's mind go when they wrote that? scary isn't it you don't want to know where they really went i don't i don't want to know yeah so so yeah just two kind of off the top the brilliant life of eudora honey set and uh the library at mount char to give you a little taste of some of my favorites so hannah what were some of your favorites this year oh i i i read about so far 76 books but you know there's still time there's still time before midnight (laughs) right um um my shortest one was 128 pages, and then I read a book that was actually three books put together, so that one clocked in at over 1,000 pages. Wow. That was the Bridgerton books, so lovely, but not high literature. No. I think by far my favorite thing I read this year was The Lincoln Highway by Amor uh, Tolls, who yes. um, sort of came to fame a few years ago for A Gentleman in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lincoln Highway follows uh, a young man who who committed an accidental crime. It was involuntary manslaughter. Um, and he spends his time, he was a minor at the time, in a, in a camp, sort of like a, a working, a work program. And when he gets out, he decides to sell the farm. And, well, the farm has actually been taken over. And he, his little brother, who's seven, I love him so much, he, <laughs> he says, we're going to take the Lincoln Highway, which is a high, the first trans uh Trans continental, I guess, yeah. because it's United States um, highway, mm-hmm. and we're going to take it to California to find our ma who left us. Um, and they are in Kansas, I want to say, or Nebraska, someplace right in the middle of the country. And some things go awry, and they actually end up going the opposite way oh, dang. on the Lincoln Highway <laughs> and end up in New York. That's never happened. Um, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what happens in Huckleberry Finn. They're it's, supposed to be going south on the Mississippi or north on the Mississippi River, and then they discover they're going south. It's a take on Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. He used that as a launching point. Yeah. Interesting. And it it was just a gorgeous book, and lots of feeling and humor, smart humor. Um, so I cannot believe that I can say that in a year where Colson White had put out a book, it wasn't one of his that topped my list. Um, <laughs> I would say my second favorite um, was one that was recommended to me for audio uh, called Better Luck Next Time. It's set uh, in a divorce ranch in the 1930s in Nevada. Okay. So at that time, it was there were lots of states where it was hard for a woman to procure a divorce. And so women would move to these ranches, very wealthy women, and stay there for the three months it took to establish residency. And it's told through the perspective of one of the cowboys on that ranch. <laughs> looking back on his life much later. Okay. And it's got a lot of strong 
women and funny women, and it's right on the cusp of World War II. And so with world politics playing in and... You know, and, and this ranch has some repeat customers. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> and it's, it, that's it was amazing. great. Um, What's yeah. that one called again? Better luck next time. Better luck next time. Okay. I like that. And that's, that's a historical fiction. Most of what I read is historical fiction. Right. Um, but that's not a nonfiction. No. Best not- nonfiction I read, hands down, was the JFK biography by Frederick Lojeval, which I have recommended to George several times. Yes. Nice. Yes. And it's only the first. I'm waiting for the second volume to come out, hopefully sometime in 2022. So you'll Ooh. get to hear about it next year. <laughs> That's great. So mine this year, top top of the list, absolutely, is when I finally listened to you, Hannah, and to my friend Jim McPeak and Lu- Louise, uh, Louise Penny. Um, oh, my gosh. Armand Gamache. Uh, just Armand Gamache my favorite. Fantastic. What a great <laughs> character. And I think every bit as interesting is his second in command, Jean, Jean-Guy Beauvoir. Oh, Jean-Guy. There's a lot more Jean-Guy development coming for you if you're only on book two. I'm only on book two. <laughs> but my goodness, I started with Still Life, which was the, the book that introduced all these characters. Um, uh, his uh, The young agent, uh, um, Nicole. Yvette uh, Nicole. Yvette Nicole, yes. Very interesting character. Um Kind of a pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the people in Three Pines, where much of the, the stories take place, uh, are fascinating. It's it's sort of an artist colony, but it's not, and it's sort of a. It's almost like the Emerald City or Brigadoon or something like that. It mm. feels so fantastical because of this combination of people who are there and the kind of sense that you get as you read about the community. Just fascinating, and and it gives you a real insight into. As somebody who's followed Canadian issues for a long time, the differences between the Quebecois and the Anglophones, hmm. it's very interesting in how they see each other, mm-hmm. how they understand and don't understand each other. So I, that was number one. I think the second thing is uh, that I really liked this year was The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. Was oh, yeah. That was our, excellent. One of our other authors who came in for a Friends of the Library event. Right. And then I think my top literary event of the year was when we hosted Robin Yoakum, Andrew Welsh Huggins, yes. and Connie Berry together. And just I got to just kind of introduce them and stand back and watch three really good writers talk about their process, talk mm-hmm. about their characters, uh, take questions from a, a really involved audience, and then have a great beer at Ill Mannered Brewery. Right. So you, you couldn't really <laughs> beat that for a, for a, uh, a day. So all three of them have written terrific books over the years, and it was just such a pleasure to to get to meet them and. Uh, to be part of that program with the Friends of the Library. We got some great ones coming up with the Friends of the Library and with the library itself for a couple so of years ahead. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, actually uh, eight major programs coming up during 2022 that we will be talking about throughout the year as we as we move forward. So it's a really exciting time to be somebody who loves literature in Delaware County because we are going to bring you some great stuff this year. And we probably won't be alone in that. I mean, we've oh, no. got we've got our signature events, but we've got some neighbor libraries who like we'll we'll let them toot their horns. There is still plans on the book to bring Margaret, Margaret Atwood uh, to yeah. the, the Palace Theater in uh, in Columbus, which will be sponsored by uh, the seven public libraries in Delaware, in, excuse Franklin, me, in County, Franklin County. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we're really looking forward to that as well. So, yeah, there's always great events going on with, with the libraries in, in the area. So. We are, when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the binge-worthy things we did that, uh, in terms of uh, video and uh, streaming events and things like that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Off the Shelf. We're here with Nicole Fowles and Hannah Simpson, and we are going to be talking binge-worthy stuff, Happy things that we binged during 2021. Yes. So um, why don't you start, Nicole? I would love to start. Um, 
I had a day that a sinus infection was um, keeping me far, far away from society, (laughs) far, far away from everything that I wanted to do. It was terrible timing. Um, So while I was lying on the couch contemplating life, I watched the entire season of Only Murders in the Building. That is... (laughs) Okay, on, we've got two to one about that one here. I so good. loved it. Get into it. It was on Hulu. That See, it seems unusual it, for it you, George. It shocks me, George, because these I know. Are, I wanted to like it. They're three of my favorite people. These are right our people. Yeah. I know. I was like, you and I both really appreciate Saturday Night Live. And this has Steve Martin. It has Martin Short. It has Selena, Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. It has so many fun, fun characters. It's set in New York in a place that's a lot like the Dakota. <laughs> yes, yes. And for a long time, I, just, I thought they filmed it at the Dakota. At the Dakota. <laughs> right, right. I just, it's not. I just couldn't get into it. It's just like... The, by the third show, it was like... Oh, see, and now I should have been sleeping all day while I was dying listening to this. Or like, you know, but but I stayed awake because I wanted to watch it. Okay, so a quick rundown of the concept. You've got um, a Martin Short who is kind of like a, a maybe semi-successful, maybe even like low-success uh, Broadway producer. Uh, you've got Steve Martin who played like a CSI kind of character back in the day. Um, and then you've got Selena Gomez who... You don't really know why she lives in the building because they're very expensive apartments, um, but she's there. She's a very mysterious young woman. Yes. We don't know a lot about her. Right. We do, We really don't understand her that much until you know we get more into the season. But it all begins, there's a fire alarm that's pulled, and they um, are all kind of interrupted because um, those three characters happen to be listening to the newest episode that's dropped of their favorite podcast. And so the fire alarm's pulled, they're, uh, you know, so they go outside and they all wind up across the street because it's going to be a while because it turns out there might have been a murder. And so they go across the street to listen to their podcast and they all they all kind of find each other. Um, and they're all like, oh my gosh, were you listening to that? I was listening to that too. So they find they have a common theme and so they kind of start talking about it. Um, but then as they realize that there might have been a murder in their building, they're like, well, I want to see what's going on with this. So they try to go back in and the... Um, the police investigator makes it seem like it's really open and shut. Like, yeah, it's it's a suicide. Uh, that's it. Get out of here. Goodbye. And they were like, but are you sure? And she's like, listen, I don't need you and your podcast, you know, millennial hearts to like get all up in my yes, case. Steve Martin, the perennial millennial. millennial. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, get out of my case. It's open and shut. Bye bye. Uh, but of course, as we learn, and as you would assume, a TV show would be good to do. Uh, they don't. They don't just uh, let it go. I loved it. If they just let it go, there wouldn't have been you know twelve episodes or however many there were. I thought. I so. thought it was so much fun. I hope there's a second season. They it are seems, filming it. Oh yeah, they're we, currently seen, filming it. We've seen teases from Steve Martin and Martin Short um, as they've been as they've been filming it. So only murders in the building on Hulu. I really enjoyed it. Okay, mm-hmm. it's excellent. Anna, what's, what, what one did you enjoy? Well, we binged earlier in this year. Um, it's on Netflix. It is. You guys are going. Nicole's going to laugh at me. It's a French television series. No, go figure. No, um, but it's called Lupin, um, spelled like Lupin, L-U-P-I-N, and um, it's about sort of a, a high, very highly intelligent burglar with a vendetta. Auguste Lupin. 
and he gets all of his stuff from the Lupin novels ah, okay. uh, that are traditionally a traditional French, like it's sort of like Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, he's a gentleman thief is That's kind cool. of his whole brand. Yeah. Yes. Raffles, he's Raffles, debonair. Yeah. He's, but this, this takes place in modern time. Um, and the man, uh, is trying to his name is not Lupin the character okay. um it, I'm oh, okay. I'm blanking on it because because he bases everything on Auguste Lupin and 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 he so uses high tech and he's not what he seems in a lot of these episodes to a lot of the people and he's got this vendetta because his father's former employer has framed his father for murder and then the father is has long since passed and he's trying to get vengeance and and he's smooth, and he's got this kid who he's trying to get interested in literature. So he gives him the Lupin books, and and they go to Le Havre, and they do. It's it's all in Paris on bridges, and and they're smart, <laughs> and it's just so he's such a genius. Like he's so smart, and the way he gets away with stuff. And uh, I think there's two or three seasons, but he's coming back. So I'm ready for more. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you, uh, Where was that? Um, it's on Netflix. on Netflix. It is. It, they, it has an option. You can watch it dubbed in English, but I don't recommend that. If you can handle subtitles, I recommend watching it in French with English subtitles. Mm-hmm. That's everyone has said that. It's about interesting because it. I watched another dubbed show this year on Netflix, which was Squid Games, and I. Uh, it's uh, Korean, and I was not. Um, I listened to it with the English dubs, and I thought they were very well done. Um, but my husband and I naturally watch shows with subtitles anyway because, you know, it's it's better. <laughs> you, you, you up your literary-ness uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> but It also helps if uh, yeah, your kids are out in the back screaming. So. It's true. There's so many times that I'm like, what did they say? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but Squid Games. But there was a difference between the subtitles and what the dubbing was saying saying. Oh, wow. um, so there were perhaps like different interpretations or the actors made different choices than the captioners or the captioners were captioning like directly from Korean. But the um, but the actors who did the voice uh, overs were de- mm-hmm. it was it was interesting. But um, Squid Games was an interesting one, too. So the um, the one I want to talk about first, if we have time, I got a couple others. But mm-hmm. the one I want to talk about first is Schmigadoon. Uh, so fun. I haven't seen so it yet. Someone fun. give me your Apple TV password. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> On the air? I don't think so. Uh, this premiered in July. There's one season, six episodes. It hasn't been renewed yet, although there's a lot of discussion that it's going to be. What a cast. I mean, just an amazing cast. Keegan-Michael Key Another is the Keegan lead with Michael Cecily Key? Strong. Yes. Oh, the two of them are just wonderful together. Alan Cumming, Fred Armisen, and uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, oh, just just terrific. It's about two American doctors who are on a hiking trip to try to put the zest back in their relationship they get lost. They stumble into this town during a storm that seems like it's right out of a 1940s Broadway or Hollywood musical. Everybody sings. Everybody dances. Everybody's in the closet. It's just <laughs> amazing. Um, and it's about as loving a parody of the musical as you're likely to find. Um, among the shows that I caught that they were kind of making fun of or, or, or parodying or, or just, you know, kind of referencing Brigadoon, yes. The Music Man, Oklahoma. Finian's Rainbow, Carousel, Footloose, mm-hmm. all of those. Uh, Is there a West Side Story? The classics. Eh, I didn't see much West Side Story. Now that oh, I no. Know. But, uh, but it's just a great cast. They're extremely talented. Um, Barry Sonnefeld, who usually does feature films, he directed all six episodes. But even more impressive is that all the songs were written by uh, Cinco Paul, all of them. He was also 
uh, collaborated on four of the six scripts, and he served as the showrunner. I think he also did the catering for the craft tables. Um, you might know his name because he and his writing partner, uh, Ken Doria, are the creative team behind uh, Despicable Me franchise uh-huh. and uh, The Secret Life of Pets. Oh, awesome. So they, they have that visual of lots of color, lots of lots of action on the screen. Alan Cumming as the mayor is just heartbreakingly funny, mm-hmm. um, and and Fred Armisen as the the preacher in the town, uh, trying to enforce the the rules. Are, they're just great, and there's so many little bits that are are just very touching. And I'm trying to figure out what they would do with a season two, mm-hmm. unless it would just go back to just the people in the town, maybe not include Keegan Michael Key and Cicely because they're the outsiders. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they would do. I'm, that's why I didn't. They go on it. another trip to rekindle again, and they find a new place. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got a couple of minutes left, so a, a, a quick one. What's what's another one you, you binged and enjoyed? We actually in the. Early, early part of this year did Marvel in chronological order. Yeah. In storyline order rather as opposed to when they were released. Timeline. And yeah. and so that actually set us up really good for the release of Summer of Loki and and for WandaVision and Right now we're doing a Hawkeye. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, you can't see me. I'm doing pantomimes. Of, yes. And so and yes. Archery. Mm-hmm. yes. So that <laughs> so that's been enjoyable to watch it in the way it's intended to be. Yes, okay. Falcon and Winter Soldier. What, I had all of those written down as well. Okay, what other one did you have written down? The other one that I had written down that was a like mind bend of a of a thing to watch was another Hulu one, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. Uh, you have Nicole Kidman kind of at the helm of everything, and uh, the quick synopsis is it is these individuals who have come to um, like kind of a, a feeling like a rehab facility getaway. Um, they're all there for some sort of uh, emotional healing, sometimes physical healing. Um, she only promotes it by word of mouth, and she says, you will be transformed when you leave. I can guarantee it. You wonder why she's so certain of herself. Um, it, it, you you don't know when you're on this road ride if it's um if it's psychological if it's horror if it's drama or you know what what it is that makes you so tied to it um and and it is a it is a roller coaster of a ride uh, nine perfect strangers it's based on a book also by leanne moriarty and um i think that you would you would like either my big binge uh Actually, it was from 2020, but I didn't catch on until 2021, and that was Ted Lasso. That's what I was going to say. I forgot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love Ted Lasso. What a, what a, you know, we were talking about the secret life of Eudora in the first half of the show. This would, Ted Lasso gives you that same feeling at the end. It's, it's so warm, so human, mm. so, so friendly. So, uh, we have just a couple of minutes left, and it's, you know, today's December 31st, which means tomorrow's January 1st, which means we start a whole new month and a whole new set of activities at the library. And so, Nicole, why don't you give us a quick, real quick rundown of a couple of things that are coming up. The biggest thing that I will tell you is that uh, beginning on Monday, January 3rd at the Delaware Main Library, we kick off our Telling a People's Story panel exhibition. Um, We're going to have more guests on to talk about this um, in the coming weeks, Um, but it is uh, a really fantastic exhibition that showcases African-American children's illustrated literature. Um, It was put together by the uh, Miami University Art Museum um, through a grant from the Martha Holden Jenkins, uh, Martha Holden Jennings Foundation. Foundation, and it's it's going to be really phenomenal. We've got a lot of things planned with that, but we're going to talk more about that later. 
Um, also, you if you have a teen in your uh, household who is uh, college bound, you will absolutely want to get them signed up for Prep Accelerator's ACT Virtual Crash, crash Course. Uh, that's a week from today on Friday, January 7th. It's a four-hour, um, four or five-hour crash course um, that basically rapidly works them through and discusses them, uh, gives them the opportunity to discuss retired ACT questions in a timed setting. Um, this is free. This is put on from our friends Prep Accelerator, and um, you've got to take advantage of this because people would pay big bucks for this. Mm-hmm. So um, we've had lots of uh, good reaction from people from that uh, when we've offered it in the past. So yeah, thank you very much to our friends there. Absolutely. So New Year's Eve, looking forward to a great year ahead. Looking forward to opening the new branch library. Looking forward to a whole lot of changes in the in the coming year uh, with the new board president and everything. And who knows what other kind of changes we'll be looking at. So uh, we hope from the library, from the friends of the library, from Nicole, Hannah, and me, from everybody here at WDLR, that you have a great year to come and uh, be safe, be happy, and we will see you in the stacks.